0: Hey everyone, Gil Gross here, and it is time for a preview of the 2023 Wimbledon gentlemen Singles Final between Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz. Yes, please. Sign me up. Two best players in the world in 2023. They finally clashed at Roland Garros. There were parts of that match that really, really delivered. There were other parts of the match that didn't. I'm just glad that we are going to get it again on a different surface, Wimbledon final. Love it. Let's get to the preview, starting with the head-to-head, as usual. uh, Madrid 2022, epic match won by Alcaraz. Feels like ancient history at this point. Doesn't seem like there's anything that happened in that match that can be relevant for what happens on Sunday. However... Uh, It is worth getting into more depth and detail when it comes to the Roland Garros semifinal that they played just about a month ago, when overall it seemed like the experience, the big match experience, and the calmness, and the ability to uh, perform mentally and physically was the biggest area where Djokovic had a big advantage over Carlos Alcaraz, as Look, you, you can't really separate. There's a nexus between the mental side and the physical side. You can't separate the two. But the reality is that Alcaraz's nerves really crippled his physical endurance and his nerves— Uh, had something to do, had a ton to do with Novak Djokovic on the other side of the net. There were other factors, but at the end of the day, uh, the, the signs that this was the case are overwhelming from the really pretty horrible play every time he had a break point in the first set. And immediately I was like, whoa, he's really kind of freaking out whenever he has break point. And then there was the visual stuff the stress that was written all over his face, the body language that just wasn't nearly as positive as we're used to seeing. Uh, This is all stuff that I noted live. Got a little better in the second set, then the cramps came in in the third. And then, look, everything he said in the press conference, Carlitos, afterwards, only confirmed the observations that I had already made. So I feel pretty confident in assessing what happened there. And now we get to talk about if it is going to happen again. I don't think so. And look, this just comes down to the power of experience. When, when you have a something go wrong in the worst possible way, and you can think about an analogy in any aspect of life, like when something blows up in your face and this, that match blew up in Alcaraz's face. That's embarrassing. You know, what happened was embarrassing you make sure it doesn't happen again and you take every step necessary to try to diagnose and understand what went wrong and, you know, make the the fixes. And that is the power of experience. What Alcaraz went through, that was an experience and a good one and a learning one. And I think we're going to see the fruits of that as, you know, when it comes to staying calm and, controlling high tension and high nerves, there are active strategies that can be implemented. Now, that doesn't mean it's all going to go away. And that's important to note. I don't think it's all going to go away. In fact, I've been so impressed by Alcaraz's run at Wimbledon thus far. I think he's had uh, a horrendous draw. I think a lot of his opponents have played really, really well against him. And frankly, he hasn't even come close to losing a match. So I'm so impressed with Alcaraz. But if you want to, if you ask me, what would be your harshest criticism for Carlitos from what we've seen so far? That's easy for me. First set against Runa. First set against Runa, I saw a lot of the same concerning signs that I saw in the first set against Novak in Paris. The only difference was that Alcaraz ended up winning the first set and then relaxing and winning in straights, right? But I saw a lot of the same stuff. I saw stress. I I didn't see the typical Alcaraz body language. I saw scoreboard pressure affecting his level. You know, Alcaraz just dropping his level when when he had a chance to break. I, I saw all that stuff. And again, it's, it's the opponent, right? It's, they're the same age. They're constantly compared to, to one another. Alcaraz is supposed to win. You know, he's supposed to be a, a little bit better than, than Runa at this point. And it, it highly anticipated. They hadn't played in a long time. It's, it's kind of a similar thing. So it can happen again, but I don't think it will happen as badly. It's really important, though, that Alcaraz plays with joy. He needs to fist pump. He needs to be positive. He needs to smile. He needs to be vocal. Like all the things in a positive way, all the things that help him enjoy his tennis, he needs to do all those things. Uh, And that's going to be very important. Djokovic, on the other hand, what about him? It's different for him, too. And I actually think nerves will be a bigger challenge for Novak in this match than they were in the last one. Because in that Roland Garros semifinal, uh, Novak could have easily convinced himself and he in a lot of ways would have been correct that everybody was writing him off and doubting him. And you better believe he used that as motivation. I mean, you better believe it. Any smart athlete would use that as motivation. Because to to come out on court with a chip on your shoulder and be like, nobody believes in me, I'm I'm about to show everybody, uh, that's a great mindset and a dangerous mindset to have. But guess what? This is Wimbledon. He's won this event four times in a row. He can't lie to himself. He knows he's not the underdog. He knows he's supposed to win now, especially after he just beat Alcaraz in Paris. So it's a different vibe. Uh, you know, Slam, the 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 breaking the Slam record isn't on the line anymore, but the, now the, the calendar Slam is kind of maybe creeping up. So uh, I actually think it's a more nervous moment for Novak. And and by the way, Djokovic and Alcaraz, I'll say both of them, they've been just phenomenal in finals. I mean, Alcaraz has been awesome in finals. So I just want to throw that out there while we uh, are on the mental topic, but I think it's time to move on from the mental topic and move on to... The technical game. I said that Alcaraz should be aided by clay. That was my opinion. Still is my opinion. Djokovic should be aided by grass. I think the things that Novak is trying to do in this matchup are are helped and accentuated by a faster and lower bouncing court. You know that's going to take away less speed of the ball, going to allow kind of the flat strokes to skid through instead of check up like they do on clay. Because ultimately, I think what Djokovic wants to do is speed up the game, play fast and rush Alcaraz. That is going to stunt his power in a lot of ways, and it is going to, hopefully, if you're Novak, extract some errors. Even on clay, it was striking how well Djokovic held up in those fast-paced forehand-to-forehand rallies where it kind of seemed like the harder Alcaraz hit the ball, the harder the ball was coming back at Carlitos. I mean, it was an effortless, um, effortless display of using Alcaraz's pace as a springboard for Djokovic's own. I also think we'll see a very high backhand down the line percentage from Djokovic. Look for that as if he takes the backhand down the line, it goes into the more rushable wing of Alcaraz, which is the forehand. That's the first thing. Second thing is the ball comes quicker in general. When you go cross court, the ball is traveling for longer. So you're know you're you're naturally giving your opponent a little bit more time. I think a lot of backhand down the line um, for those two reasons. There's actually a third reason as well. Carlitos, if you put him on the run to the forehand side, can get a little bit predictable on the cross court. And Novak loves to pick up on those things uh, because he has such great anticipation. And I expect to see Djokovic go backhand line, anticipate cross, and then aggressive with the forehand, with the next forehand, um, either behind Alcaraz or redirect down the line. Either way, I think we'll see that pattern a lot from Djokovic. something we saw in paris was both players struggle to use the drop shot uh because both players hugging the baseline fast good hands but i definitely think that novak especially on grass is going to take away alcaraz's touch finishing with two things you know the court positioning is the first thing but remember how i i really feel about this the the only great defense, the only bulletproof defense against Alcaraz's drop shot is high-quality balls, high-quality outgoing balls with great depth. And Djokovic will probably do that really well to just take away that aspect of Alcaraz's game. So I think if you're Novak, you, you make Alcaraz beat you with the power, and you hope that when Carlitos goes to the drop shot, he's actually going to it from compromised positions where... Where it actually might cost him and kind of go the other way on him, which I think can happen. Um, The other thing, though, that's not really grass related. The other thing that's grass related is there are more serve return outcomes. And the reason there are more serve return outcomes is because on grass, Great serves are rewarded, and great returns are rewarded, as opposed to clay, where sometimes great serves are neutralized, great returns are neutralized, and points are extended. On grass, they're rewarded, and points are ended. That's the difference. And there's a, a great argument to be made that that Djokovic has better serve return dynamics than Alcaraz, even though Carlitos has really excelled in this area throughout Wimbledon. Novak, I would bet. And there's some variability in this always, but I would bet that he serves a higher first serve percentage, uh, especially in clutch moments. I would bet that he hits better spots on his first serve. Something that Sinner talked about that's also very interesting is how low Novak's slicing first serve is on the grass, which forces opponents to hit up on the ball, uh, which of course aids Novak uh, in getting an ideal contact point on his plus one. You always on grass want to get your opponent to lift up on the ball. Always. Otherwise, otherwise the ball stays low on you, right? Uh, so I think, you know, Djokovic with the, the better spot serving, I think the pattern on serve for Novak is to look, uh, hit wide serves, and then go back behind Alcaraz. And that's the way to take away Carlitos's speed especially on a slippery grass court. doesn't look like it's going to rain on Sunday. That makes the grass less slippery, a little bit more firm. Uh, It won't be as slick as it was, you know, when we saw Yannick having so much trouble with the footing against Novak. Uh, But yeah, I think that would be the, the number one pattern. When it comes to returning... I think the gap between Djokovic and Alcaraz is actually a little smaller on the return of serve than it is on the serve, but Djokovic is definitely more reliable. I think that Novak's return gets better in big moments, gets better as the match goes on. I think sometimes Alcaraz can can still falter on, on break points and in high pressure situations where uh, something about his return, you know, I've just observed that. I've observed that over the last two years with Alcaraz where uh, I, I've been really impressed with his returning, but it does get tight sometimes, that particular shot. And I think for Djokovic, you know, it's just looking for deep down the middle. You know, focus on rushing Alcaraz on the return of serve. It's going to be key for Djokovic on the second serve that he keeps the pace up. That's been one area that I, I think Novak has struggled with in the last couple rounds at times. And Alcaraz being the aggressive returner that he is, he will look to crush if Novak gives him a serve to crush. Moving on to Alcaraz, I am a little bit less clear on what the plan is going to be. I'm a little bit less clear on the patterns and the the technical advantages, but this is the thing about Carlitos, he has options. It's almost a better place to be than if I'm previewing an Andre Rublev match or a Yannick Sinner match against Novak, and I'm like, yeah, here is what they do, and here is what they will do. And I am going to be correct because this is what they do. Alcaraz has a sense of, could do this, could do that, could do that. The fact that I don't know in a lot of ways, kind of speaks to a positive with Carlos Alcaraz's game. I will say this, though. The forehand is looking more and more, even off clay, like a transcendent offensive weapon, the kind of offensive weapon that if it gets hot, particularly if he's hitting it well down the line, you know, it can really be a game changer. And it's like you're looking at the best defender in tennis, in Novak Djokovic. Well, how are you going to meet it? What do you got that is going to challenge the best defender there is? You better have something spectacular. And I think Alcaraz's forehand actually kind of lives up to that billing. Uh, you look at Novak's losses and slams post 2018, boy, there's not a lot of them. Uh, team and Nadal on clay, Medvedev at the U.S. Open. No, team and Nadal both have that, that transcendent forehand weapon. One thing that I do think Alcaraz should do a ton tactically is slice the ball. Slice the ball to slow things down, buy himself some time. Again, Novak wants this as fast as possible because his his baseline game thrives in that kind of climate, and Alcaraz's game does not uh, at that kind of speed. I don't know why I said climate. I'm just saying. I'm, I'll just say speed. Uh, and Alcaraz's game less so. Uh, so Alcaraz's slice can slow things down. And also disrupt Djokovic's contact point. And we talk about how important that is. When it comes to, again, let's go back to Rublev and center. They attack with pace. Novak's often unbothered by that. What is Novak bothered by? Width can be effective, for sure. Uh, but height. And on clay, it's about getting the ball upstairs on Novak. On grass, that's really hard to do. Well, let's get the ball downstairs on Novak. Like, look at, you know, Federer 2019 Wimbledon in that final. Uh, Obviously, epic match, close match. But look how many times Federer did that so successfully with his backhand slice cross court. Uh, That's a good play. You get Novak to move inside the court and lift the ball, and then you inject pace on the next ball. And I even like Alcaraz's backhand slice down the line to break up the backhand to backhand cross court, that I don't think Alcaraz should be engaging himself in. So then you make Djokovic move to his right on his forehand, hit a low forehand that he has to lift up on, then attack the next ball. By the way, that ball's probably going cross court into Alcaraz's forehand. Beautiful. Even better for Alcaraz. Just a comment this isn't a tactical key or anything, J- just an observation. Novak hasn't really faced defense all tournament long. Vavrenka, Herkac, Rublev, Sinner, Jordan Thompson. It's not really defense. So, I don't know. That's something new. Just want to throw it out there. Second serve. Just like I think Djokovic needs to watch the second serve speed for Alcaraz. I don't really worry about the speed. uh, But I do wonder about the location. He's been going to the body. Is that going to work against Novak? It's going to be interesting to watch. I'm not sure. I am not sure. Let's get to the prediction. I think Alcaraz handles his nerves a lot better than last time, but not perfectly. I still think he will be on a little bit of a learning curve in his first Wimbledon final, uh, an occasion that brings some extra gravitas that is hard to explain. Um... And I, I, again, I expect an improvement from last time, but not perfect. I also think that Djokovic can shut down Alcaraz's offense with positive serve return dynamics and pace of play. I really respect Carlitos's general level and his ability to take the racket out of anybody's hands on this surface. But... I see a lot of advantages for Novak. My prediction is Djokovic in five. Enjoy the match, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them.